Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord. Father, hallelujah. I praise your name, God. You are great and greatly to be praised. Amen. 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 You may be seated today. I want to say, first of all, it's such an honor to be able to be here and to be with your pastor and his wife. They have treated me royally and been so kind to take me and to some incredible Thai food where I got to meet Sister Cookie. Yeah. And wow. She made us a dessert that was over the top. Incredible. And I'm so glad to meet her and to see her at the church here today. Amen. Aren't you excited? I am that she's here. Amen. And I do appreciate so much your pastor and pastor's wife. Um, one of the things that, uh, you know, I am now a grandfather of seven. And, uh, you know, that's pretty cool. Five boys and two girls. And the boys fight and wrestle and have a big time, and the girls have drama. But it's exciting. Amen. <laughs> and uh, next week, a week from this week, I get to, my wife and I have take the two girls, 12 and about 10 or 11, for a week. And oh my goodness. They've already, they're going to a conference and they've already been buying clothes and ooh, and I only had three boys, so you know, it's a different world for me. Different world. But one of the things I that I think you can agree with, people that treat your kids, boy, they're special to you, aren't they? They treat your kids right, boy, you like them. You like them. And I want to say that my son, Brother Brandon Wilmoth, and his wife, Sister Rachel, and their three children were here recently sometime and preached for you. And they came back singing your praises and the praises of your pastor, his wife, their kindness, their hospitality. Why? They loved it staying at your house. And... Uh, that, that made me feel so good, and uh, I was so glad. Now, uh, uh, I see some other folks here that I've known for a few years, and so good to see Brother Bobo and Sister Bobo. My goodness, we go way back. And I was thinking, whoa. She can still play that organ. Very good. Woo! I was thinking, whoa! For being 39, she can she makes it happen. Woo! And my second son never forgets and will remember. 
remind me when Brother Bobo's name's mentioned about being at a camp out and hearing a bear in the middle of the night snoring. Uh, and uh, so we have a lot of memories together. Um, one of the things I started thinking about uh, has, who's been here over five years? Raise your hand real quick. Okay, good, good. Who's been here over 10 years? Raise your hand. Good, good, good. Who's been over, well, 15 years? Okay. Who's been over 20 years? Okay. Now, I got my hand up. Anybody been here over 25 years? Anybody been here, been here to this church 30 years? You know what? I came here 43 years ago and preached a revival in this same building on the other side of that bar. Forty-three years ago, as a Bible college student, my wife and I came, brother and sister Burgess was here, and it was a small handful of people just trying to start a church, and, uh, you know, uh, I thought, wow, I'm more connected to this church than any of you are, I guess. And I thought, I think it's time that we get out of here. I think it's time we move to the next building. I think it's time that we say, let's go. Amen. Oh, yeah. Amen. The children of Israel was in the wilderness 40 years. But it's time to get to the promised land. It's time to move on. That's what this service is about. It's about moving forward. It's about going higher. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, you know, uh, I'm, I've been around here longer than any of you. What do you know? I guess I can spit where I want to now. Yeah. Well, outside, yeah. Okay, I got it. <laughs> but uh, so it's so good to be here had the privilege of ministering here also and brother Scott Bobo was here brother Joel Buxton here now your pastor brother Evan Hood so it's a special place for me it really is I, I don't understand everything and know for some reason God has connected me to you this city when I think back Say, God, how, how did this happen? What's going on? What are you doing, God? What do you want me to do, God, to help? Well, well why me, God? Why me? But you know, God's got something great for you and for the work of God here. Amen. Amen. I want to go today into the word of the Lord. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And uh, 
want to go to the book of Acts, the 16th chapter of the book of Acts. And read a short passage of Scripture. That is found in verse number, starting in verse number 12. Well, let's start in 11. Therefore, loosening from Troas, we came with a straight course to Sam. You got it? I'm just going to say Sam. Okay, Sam's a lot easier there, okay. And the next day into Nepalus. And from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of the, that part of Macedonia, and a colony. It's hmm. interesting. And we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us whose heart the Lord opened and she attended into those things which were spoken of Paul and when she was baptized and her household she besought us saying if ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord come into my house and abide there and she constrained now, I want to preach today on this subject, the importance of an open heart, the importance of an open heart. Now, when we look in scripture, we will see that the disciples, after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, that their, their minds were open. Their minds were open. They perceived who the Lord was. Another time, men on the road to Emmaus had their eyes opened when Jesus broke bread. But what's interesting here is this woman, her heart is open. Okay? Her heart is open. Not her eyes. Not her mind, but her heart, okay? And it's opened by God. It's interesting. Amen. And we're going to look at this for a little while. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you, sis. I think it's important today to understand a number of things that we are looking at in Scripture here. 
think it's important to understand that uh, this is, of course, the founding of the church of Philippi. This is the letter in which Paul will write to what we call the letter of Philippians. And um, it's written to this, to this group of people. Now, you need to understand how this all came about. Number one, Paul had desired to go back and to strengthen the brethren that were in the area of modern-day Turkey, or then known as Asia. And he went there, this is his second mission trip, because he wants to encourage, he wants to lift up. He understood the importance of getting encouragement, amen. Let me tell you, friend, I need encouragement, you need encouragement, and the devil's doing everything he can to discourage you and discourage me, amen. And so he has made his way there, but now, he is really wanting to go to a new area. He's wanting to go farther into Asia. He's wanting also to go to an area that's known as Bithynia. He's wanting to go deeper into Asia and there begin to start more churches. But there's something happens. The Bible says the Holy Ghost would not allow him. He was a man that was led by the Spirit of God. He was a man that understood that what? Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain. Amen. He understood everything I do has got to be done by the hand of God. I've got to have God leading me. I've got to have God giving me direction. I've got to have God guiding me every step of the way. I, I, I can't let my own desires lead me. His own desires was to go farther into Asia. But God had a different plan. Because the ways of God are not our ways. The thoughts of God are higher than our thoughts. And what God was wanting to do was not send him farther into Asia, but take him to a new level, a place that he had never been to. What was God wanting to do? God was wanting him to introduce this message to a brand new continent. He wanted to take him not there farther into Asia, but into Europe. And so that night he had a dream, and it was of what? A Macedonian man that said what? Come on over. And he recognized this is a dream from God. This is came from God. I've got to go higher. I've got to go where God wants me to go. I can't go where I want to go. I've got to go into Europe. Now, that is an important concept to understand. Because in our lives, we have a tendency to want to plan things our own way. 
We want to do things our own way. We've got dreams. We've got ambitions. But I'm here to tell you today, friend, the things that are higher in life, the greater blessings are not about the plans that you've made, but it's opening up your spirit and saying, God, lead me. Oh, yes. You might have had a plan before you came here of what I'm supposed to give and this commitment. But I want to challenge you today. Get a hold of God. Understand, I don't want to do what I think I can do. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to go where God wants me to go. When you go God's way, when you do what God wants you to do, success is guaranteed. The problems that we get into in life is not because we're doing it God's way, it's because we're doing it our way. And so he has desired to go differently, but now follows God. He goes over to this area of Macedonia. It's a northern area of modern-day Greece. And there is a city by the name of Philippi. Notice, it is a colony. That means that it is filled with Roman soldiers. There is a garrison of soldiers there. It represents the Roman government uh, there in that region. It's the place that is ruling that region. It's the place uh, that what the government is set up in that region. Oh yes, it's a very important city. It's a city that Paul is not afraid to go into. Oh yes, uh, it's a city that what? He's been raised in the diaspora. He's been raised in Tarshish. He wasn't raised down in Jerusalem. He did spend some time there, but that's not where he first met and was born. He was born in an area that had a lot of Gentiles, a lot of people that were non-Jewish. So he had no problem going and there witnessing and talking to people that were non-Jews. It was not a problem. He's making his way to Philippi. It's an important city. Uh, it's a, a special city. And now he wants to establish a church. And uh, so uh, what does he do? His normal way of operation was to go and find the Jewish synagogue. To have a Jewish synagogue, you had to have at least 10 men. 10 men had to live in that community. He would go there. Why? He would want to reach out to those that already had a common belief of the Old Testament. And there he would teach them about the Lord Jesus Christ being the Messiah. But notice, there is no synagogue. That means there could not have been ten men that were there. 
And so what does he do? Somehow he hears about a prayer meeting that is happening down by the river. And guess what? It's filled with women. No, no men are mentioned. It's just women there. Now I'm wondering what's going on. Because when he had the dream, it wasn't that a woman of Macedonia stood up and said, come on over. It was a man that stood up. And yet when I look at this church that's there at Philippi, the first converts that I will see will be what? Two women, a woman by the name of Lydia and then a woman that has a demon within her, a fortune teller that will what be delivered. And finally, there will be the Philippian jailer that is what? Converted, filled with the Spirit and baptized in the name of the Lord. I want you to notice how this church is. This church is not a church that's filled with people that have a lot of Jewish tradition. This is filled with the people, the average people that live in the community. It's filled with people that what? Some working for the government. Others, what? She, the fortune teller, was working for her own masters, bound by a devil. And then Lydia, a businesswoman. What a motley crew to start with. It didn't have a much there, but I'm here to tell you, hallelujah. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you are. I'm here to tell you, when you put God in the heart of a man and a woman and they love God, powerful things can happen. I don't care where you come from. I don't care if you don't know anything about this Pentecostal church. You don't know anything about this apostolic message. You are here and you're wondering what goes on. But I'm here to tell you, you're a candidate to be the most important person in this church. You're a candidate to be used by God in a powerful way. Let me tell you, girls, you know how to get in the spirit better sometimes than us guys do. Oh, I thank God for apostolic women that know how to get in the spirit, that know how to get into prayer, that know how to humble themselves and say, oh, oh, yes, I thank God for the women of this church that know how to touch God, get a hold of God. Oh, I love it that when those women have those prayer meetings and they get lost in the spirit, let me tell you, it's wonderful. I think about Sister Bobo. I think about your son, Matt. I think about him. 
telling me stories of calling his grandmother when she was alive in North Carolina and there talking to her and they praying together this wayward son that once knew God but what was happening there was something about that grandma that knew how to touch God that he said I gotta get a hold of her let me tell you ladies <laughs> don't stop don't stop getting lost in the spirit don't stop talking in tongues make up in your mind we're gonna be a group of women that know how to pray we're gonna get a hold of God we're gonna get lost in the spirit we don't care wasn't 10 men. It's just ladies. The Bible says that Paul went down there. What's interesting, we look at the text and as the story continues on, we have a tendency to think that it's Paul and Silas until we understand when we look at the first book part of the chapter that Timothy's along with them and then we catch a word that Luke uses it's called the we passages where the word we is used which lets us know Luke is with them so there's these four men going down there led by God to go to the city They hear this prayer meeting. They go down there. I think it's interesting that this city, Carson City, is the seat of the government of the state. I think that's interesting. I think it's interesting that what? There's all kinds of different people here. There's all kinds of sin that's around here. That what? There might not be a long lineage of Pentecostal apostolics. Could be that 43 years ago when I preached here and preached my heart out as a young man doing everything I could to start a church, to see it happen. But yet, there was opposition. Because why? This is a key city in this region. This is a key city in this state. This is just not any city. This is the city that what? The state government's at. Let me tell you what that means. It's time that there is a, a powerful apostolic church like there's never been before your best days are not behind you art your best days are not in the past art you gotta get a vision our best days are in front of us we're moving farther we're going higher it doesn't matter what happens we know we're here because God put us here we know that God is leading us and we are going to give it everything we got 
it's interesting to me that when I look at this book this letter that is written to the church at Philippi do you understand the book of Philippians is the one that actually when you read it you will see the heart of Paul towards the people in a measure that you don't see in the other books you see all of a sudden he will say I thank my God upon every remembrance of you that what even as it is meet for me to think of this you all because I have you in my heart you're in my heart verse 8 for God is my record how greatly I long after you in the bowels of Jesus Christ do you understand that this church is probably the one that has the heart of Paul more than any other church? This is a church that he's got a special relationship with. This is a church that he loves. Oh, yes. This is a church that what starts with not the best but the worst it starts uh, with not everybody being what people would say were upright but it starts with some of the worst I'm here to tell you it doesn't matter where this church started I know that bar uh, this church has been on both sides of that bar but I'm here to tell you we're here today but we've made up our mind guess what we're gonna leave this place we're gonna leave this bar we're not gonna have this much longer. We're going farther. You know, I'm, I think about Lydia. Notice who she is. It's a, he said, I sat down and I spoke to the, to the women that were there. And there was a woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira. Now notice, he gives us some information about this woman. Number one, she's a businesswoman. Lydia, a seller of purple. She's of the city of Thyatira. Thyatira was known for a, a location where a certain plant's roots were used that the what? The color purple would be used to dye materials. Cloth. Look at her. She's a businesswoman. She's a seller of purple. Then notice what else? Number two, she worshiped God. She worship God. No, she's she's a Gentile that well has not yet become 
Jewish woman at all. Yeah, it's, it's the Sabbath, and that's the normal time for Jews to get together. She's there with other women. She's got a heart that's, that's, that's good. She's a woman that likes to pray. That's good. But I want you to understand this. It's not enough. She's not saved. It's important to notice in the book of Acts, there are people that are good people. Cornelius is a man that prays a lot, so much that his prayers come up as a memorial before God. Cornelius is a man that gives alms to the poor. There's not one religion in this world that does not think that prayer to God and giving to the poor is not righteous actions. Every religion considers those righteous actions. Those are good things, but that is not enough. You can be a good person. You can pray a lot. You can even give to the poor, but notice the problem. She's got to be baptized. She's got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. There's a lot of people in this world, they think they're saved because they do good things for people. They do good things to other people. They give to the poor. They even pray. But Cornelius in chapter 10, that was not enough. He had to receive the gift of the Spirit. He had to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Lydia had to be baptized in the name of Jesus. You got to understand, just because you pray and just because you you give to help the poor that's not good enough you've got to get baptized so she worships God that's a good thing good attribute what else does it tell us she heard us she heard us and then it says whose heart the Lord opened and she attended into the things which were spoken of Paul. Notice what she did. She focused. She listened she made up her mind I I'm giving it everything I've got I'm focusing on what's going around I'm focusing on what I'm hearing I'm attending to it it's making a mark in my mind and God opened her heart. Now, why is that phrase so important? A person's heart 
is this place of passion, desire, something got a hold of her as she listened to her leader, as she listened to her pastor, something got a hold of her. It was what, not that her mind was just opened, but the heart is the place of emotion. The heart is the place of passion. The heart is the place, what? We talk about Valentine's Day. It's a heart of what? Love. Love is a feeling that we have. It's something that begins to happen. We talk about love with the idea of passion. We talk about that what happened. Something got a hold of her that she got a passion for the man of God. She got a passion for what the message he was preaching. She got a passion that said, oh yes, I might be a seller of purple, but there's something that God's calling me to do. There's something that I'm supposed to do. Something began to beat within her that I have a passion. I don't care what anybody else does. I don't care what anybody else says. I got a passion for God. I got a passion for the vision of this church. I got a passion for the, my pastor. I got a passion to see us have a new building. A passion. If you get a passion, nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop when you get a passion. When you get something within you, it doesn't matter what happens. It's going to take place because you got a passion. Oh, yes. Obstacles might come. Problems might come your way. But when you got a passion, you push through them. You jump over them. You make it through them no matter what. I'm trying to challenge this church. It's time to reunite a passion. It's time to reignite a fire of passion that says, Oh, yes, I thank you for our past. But it's time to look to the future. It's time to go to the future. I don't want to stay in the past. I want to move forward. I got a passion. Come on, pastor, I'm with you. Come on, pastor, preach it. Come on, pastor, lead us. I'm ready to do it. Be seated. There are many obstacles that come in the way a church trying to go to the next level. There's all kinds of obstacles. All kinds of things. The devil tries to take our faith. The devil tries to steal what our hope. The devil tries to get us to look to the past and live in the past instead of understanding you know what I thank God for my past but friend 
if I thought I preached my best message in the past, I'd quit. If I thought that the church in Redlands was at its best days were behind, I would quit. What good is it, Brother Bobo? I don't want to live in the past. Something beats inside of me that says the greatest day of Hope Center is still ahead of us. The greatest day. Oh, yes, there's been obstacles. There's been things happen. There's been devils that had to be fought. But I'm here to tell you, I believe in the future of the local church more than I've ever believed it before. I'm not going to live in the past. I'm moving forward, higher, upward, and onward. You know what? I'll be honest. I don't like the council. Maybe you love the council. Thank God. I'm glad. I don't like the council. Because what counseling is about, it's about rehashing the past. Yeah, I get it. You need to talk about it. But why in the world do you have to talk with me for 52 weeks on the past? You know? I don't want to be a counselor. I want to be a coach. Because a coach is talking about the future. This is what we're going to do. And this is where we're going. And this is how we're going to win. And this is what's going to take place. I don't want to talk about the past. I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready to say, come on, church. Come on, Ark. Rally. Come on, Ark. Make up your mind. Our best days are ahead of us. game day today you know I pull into Starbucks on Sunday afternoon sometimes there's a little gal that's there through the drive through I've met her a few times she she knows I'm a pastor now and I tell her it's Sunday she says now you got church today and tonight right yeah I said it's game day it's Sunday, it's game day. Yeah, good things are going to happen. The church is going to be lifted up. Someone's going to get the Holy Ghost. Someone's going to get baptized. Oh, oh, it's game day. Come on, bring it on. I'm ready. I fought your devil. You might have won the first quarter, but you're not going to win the game because it's halftime and we're rallying and we're moving forward and we're going forward. see she got a passion
negative speaking will not stop you if you've got a passion. You got a passion? Come on, do it. Yeah. Reminds me of went to a wedding recently. Beautiful young couple. I looked over there and there was this other guy there. I thought, boy, he looks a lot like the groom. And my wife, she went and talked to the mother. The bride said, who's that? Well, I knew the kid. I, I knew that his daddy was a pastor in Arkansas. And uh, he had met her, this girl, in an ITW with Hope Court in Manhattan. young guy in that local church was up there marrying her because why he made up I got a passion and I don't care what I have to do if I have to befriend this guy even though I want to punch him in the nose because he's trying to take my girl I'm going to use my head because I know if I do that then the word's going to get out and then she's going to feel sorry for the guy that got punched because you know the women they're going to feel sorry for someone that gets hurt and, and you know no 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 so he made up his mind I got a passion and I don't care I really want to just knock some sense into his head and lay him out but you know what I got a passion and I'm going to win her I don't care who he is I don't care I am the best man and I will win and guess what he won why he made up his mind you can't stop a passion when you get your heart open to the man of God when you get your heart open to the pastor and his wife when you get your heart open and say thank God for our pastor thank God for the leader that we have thank God we're moving forward thank God we're going when you get a passion nothing can stop the church she got a passion her heart was open 
she got baptized and then she did what she said to Paul if you judge me to be faithful in the Lord come to my house you and the brethren and stay there let's start a church at my house this is a business woman that has got employees a business woman that has understood one thing the importance of authority in her life and understands go ahead and judge me to see if I'm faithful can you let your pastor judge you if you're faithful if you've judged me to be faithful judge me I oh yes don't judge me I don't want you yeah 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 really what are you afraid of you're not afraid of being found faithful if you're faithful it's when you're unfaithful financially that you're afraid to be what found out don't judge me I, <laughs> oh I know I've been in this a long time I've pastored 35 years, yeah. I've been an evangelist for six and a half years. I was a youth pastor for two and a half years. I know all about it, folks. Yeah, I, 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 I've been around for a little bit, and I found one thing out. People that are doing right have no problem with the man of God judging them and saying yes. But it's when you're doing what you're not being faithful, when you're not doing right, that all of a sudden you pull up like an old bullfrog and, oh, yeah, who's he think he is? What's he think he's doing? Hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, friend, when that gets a hold of you, that says you don't have a passion for this church. You don't have a passion for revival. You don't have a passion for a harvest. But when you're faithful, you don't care. Go ahead. Do what you need to do. I've just got to see something happen here in Carson City. I gotta see revival. I gotta see a harvest I don't care we gotta have it now let me tell you how far this passion goes <laughs> it's interesting when you go to Philippians 1 can you go there for me brother Philippians 1 Start in verse 3. Notice what he says. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. <laughs> when your pastor thinks about you, does he thank God about you? 
thankful God they're here. Or does he say, oh God, help me. Yeah, I thank God for everyone, but here's the problem. Thank you, God, you're using them to work on me. I know you're molding me and shaping me, God. Hallelujah. Then he says what? Verse 4. He says, Always in every prayer of mine for you all. Notice that. Every prayer I make for all of you. What do I do? Verse 4. Making requests for it with joy. Okay? Now look at verse 5. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day till now. The first day this church started in Philippi. I thank God for you. I thank God for your fellowship. We get along. We're together. We're a family. I thank God for every one of you. All of you, he says. From the first day till now. Then notice, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. What's he confident? From the very first God started a good work in you and he's going to perform it to the very Understand, Paul left there and went to Corinth. He was trying to build a church there in the city of Corinth with a bunch of carnal people that he could not even teach tithing and offering because he was afraid it would run them off. He says, You know what happened? The saints of Macedonia sent offerings down to help me. You know what he was saying? You know what that was saying? That was saying, that church was saying, we got a passion for you. We got a passion for the work. We got a passion for revival. We got a passion to see things happen. And what? We're still, though you're not there, Paul. Guess what? God started this good work in the very beginning. He said, I'm confident. Wherever I go, you'll still help me. You'll still be there. You'll still make sure. Why was that? It was because why? What was Lydia? A businesswoman. A businesswoman that wasn't about making money for herself, but a businesswoman that made up her mind. I 
want the kingdom to go forward. I got a passion for it. I'm going to give. I want the passion. I got a passion for the kingdom. And all of a sudden, what happened? Her ministry, her business became her mission. Her business became her mission to see the kingdom of God go forward. Why? What happened? It was no longer about her. It was no longer about her pocketbook. It was no longer about what she wanted. It was no longer about what? A new car, a new house, new clothes. It was, I want the kingdom to go forward. We got to have a church building here in Carson City. I've got to have a place that the name of the Lord can be proclaimed. It's got to happen. Open my heart, God. Give me a passion. A passion. A passion. You know what I found out? You'll lose your passion if you don't act. Is it by chance in you that says you know what we've caught your vision pastor we've caught your vision why you even want to go on to Spain you want to go farther than we've ever dreamed we've caught your vision and we're with you we're beside you we God's opened our hearts God's let us know that what the kingdom's got to grow it's got to go farther it's got to do more than it's ever done before and I've got I want to be in the big middle of it I've got a passion for the things of God I got a passion for this church I got a passion for this pastor I got a passion for this people I want God to give you a great outpour of the supernatural
was Lydia and her household. It was the Philippian jailer and his household. When you get a passion, get ready. God is going to do things in your family. I'm sorry that I keep referring to brother and sister Bobo, but I have their son, Matthew, that's in my church. I've worked with Matthew through probably 30 years at least in and out. But I want you to know because of the passion of that couple that has kept living for God, kept living for God, kept playing the organ, kept doing what they can. Are they perfect? No, they're not perfect. Do they have their flaws? They've got their flaws just like me and you. But because what have I seen? I've seen a wayward son. <laughs> I've seen a son that was in the lowest of sin. I've seen a son now run the aisle. Who would have ever thought that Matt would run the aisle? I've seen him dance. I've seen him leap. I've seen him, friend, give. I've seen him do it. Why? Because if you can get a passion, don't lose your passion. Don't lose your passion. You still got to get Sarah. You still got to get Sarah. Don't stop with your passion. Your whole family can be saved. Get a passion! Get a passion! Oh, you don't know. Oh. What are you saying? I'm saying the key to your family is your passion for God and your passion for the vision of this church and your passion to hold on to the hands of your pastor and his wife and say, you know what? Yes, you're new, but we know. I want you to know we're with you. And you know what? It's all right. We thank God for everybody in the past. They brought the church to this point, but you're adding something. It's all right. God was there. And you know what? We're with you. And now we're going to the next level. We're going to the next level. Stand with me right now. I want you to take if a brother. I want you to get with a brother. If you're a sister, I want you to get with a sister. I want you to pray right now. I want you to pray. God, open our hearts. Open our hearts. Open our hearts.